Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Go to Him, look up to Him and say, Father, I'm hurting. Comfort me in this moment. And then just allow Him to comfort you. Watch and see. Um, Sometimes it might be a neighbor knocking at the door uh, and saying, here, here's a a blanket. I thought the Lord told me you needed this. Or, you know, it could be somebody just calling. Um, I remember one time I was in the middle of writing a book and I was writing about prayer. And I, I remember thinking, I need somebody to pray for me. Oh, Lord, please let somebody pray for me right now. And let me just tell you what happened. Fitness and wellness expert, naturopath, and adventure enthusiast, Wendy Peck. And my husband, Todd Isburner. He's a fundraising guru, men's mentor, and Bible scholar. And as a couple, we're going to share riveting breakthrough stories from our guests who've experienced the meaning of a changed life. Our hope is that you will be inspired, equipped, and entertained along your own life journey. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Welcome to your biggest breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. Yeah, Todd is Burner here. Yeah, and um, you know what? I want to know something, Todd. What is that? Wendy? You always <laughs> want to know something. I this do. ought to be interesting. Well, first of all, I tend to think that I'm a pretty happy, positive person. Like the glasses you, you have full and even overflowing. I would say almost all the time. Right. But I want to know what do you think about you? Uh, I think I'm relatively positive. It just depends on the circumstances, whether or not they make me negative. No, I'm I'm generally overall optimistic and positive. Yeah. But what, I mean, you're not thinking about like positive thinking now, are you? You know, like that's a little bit woo woo for some folks. Uh, and I don't want to be doing mantras and all that stuff. Like, oh, come I'm a good on, person. No. I'm a good person. You know, no, I don't but like positive some, thinking. Well, but there's something to that. Okay. okay? Right, but I'm going to talk about right. uh, Proverbs 17:22 that tells us that a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And so, no, I don't think positive thinking or being positive is woo woo at all. There's definitely that balance of the two of what you're thinking and what mm-hmm. I'm thinking and what our next guest is going to be talking about here. But in fact, our body actually knows what we are thinking and what we are saying at the cellular level. Like it, it knows according to the frequency of the vibration of that word and that thought. Did you know that? And no, that determines no, a lot of I our health. No, I did not know that. Yes. No. Yes. So <laughs> but leave it to you to get into the, you the know, health, health and wellness aspect. part of it. Okay. I, I think we need to kind of stick with what's happening with our guests all instead right, of getting right. to the cellular level. We'll, we'll go to that one another time. Hey, here's another verse that comes to mind. Proverbs 12, actually it's right in front of me. And I have to, I have to say this one <laughs> because this is so appropriate. It's Proverbs 12, 25, the generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And honestly, our guest today, I believe, is going to refresh you with your attitude and your outlook, which is obviously incredibly needed, and especially at this time. Yes, yes. So welcome, my dear friend and author of not just one, but over 35 books. And the majority wow. of the topic of those books is how to be positive. Seriously. She's even known as the positive lady. So welcome, Carol Ladd. How are you? <laughs> Fine. Thank you. Thank you for having me this morning. I'm thrilled to be with you all. 
I got to find out right off the bat, who named you the positive lady? How did that come about? I don't imagine you stood on the street well, corner with a sign saying, I'm the positive lady. She might have. <laughs> <laughs> what should I be? What, what's my name? Yeah. No, yeah. Um, I actually it just kind of came as a result of writing all these books. Um, I wrote a series of books called The Power of a Positive wife and mom and teen mm. and truck driver. I, I didn't do the truck driver, but I, I, I know, I know why not. Um, so I did all these positive books and I noticed that when I would be introduced to when I, wherever I was speaking, people would say, and she's the positive lady or, or people just friends would say, you're such the positive lady. And so I thought, well, I guess that's my, uh, my little moniker, <laughs> you know, I'm just the positive lady. Oh, so um, I I have uh, embraced that wholeheartedly. Mm. <laughs> she well, beats know, the alternative. Of well, seriously, I mean, <laughs> the grumpy, the negative lady, yeah. negative well, Nancy. Yeah. yeah. But of course, it also raises the bar of expectations on you all the time. Then, right? You have mm. to be positive. <laughs> but you know what? She is. I've known you for so long, yeah. Carol, and I always see you with a smile on your face, even mm. when times are tough. You still speak in a way with you have a you have a smile on your face when you're you're talking about the subject and it's it's so unique and I, you're just born positive i think you know i i don't even know if i really was born positive <laughs> but i will say this i will say this i i am very honest with my emotions so i i do grieve and cry and and i feel like that's an important part of life is not just being uh, you know optimistic to the point where you gloss over and you don't see the negative yep. but i do i i feel things deeply i feel i i feel and grieve and i have been through a lot of grief grief in my life and um and yet i also am able to see the hope and the um i i have a grateful heart only by the power of the holy spirit do i have this grateful heart but i i am thankful i i am thankful and that does make me joyful and so uh, it kind of all comes from him. It's not me, but uh, I, honestly, I do. I do want to say that uh, I'm not. It's not a fake thing that I just gloss over yeah, the right. negative things in my life. I deeply cry, deeply grieve, but I also deeply experience the joy that comes from knowing him. Mm. And I believe that that is what really comes out of you. Is is that positive joy from the Lord. And that's what people see in you. And so what a gift, what a gift really um, to, to be that person to show up in, in that space by, um, by his strength and his, mm. his grace. And so that's what you do so well. So, so when do you think you were wired that way? I'm not so sure. I no, mean, I think it, it takes practice. Well, so was there anything in particular <laughs> that happened in, in your life, Carol, any, anything that led up to making the decision from like this point forward I'm just going to see things uh, in a different light with a positive perspective. Anything that was there a point in time or was it a gradual process? How did that come about? I do believe it was a gradual process. And one of the things I, I was, I am blessed with a very positive 
dad who uh, was always looking at the brighter side and always motivating us. And that was very helpful. So that's significant. And, and that's even why I wrote the book, The Power of Positive Mom, because I wanted moms to know, hey, you can impact, you can, uh, your attitude and your, your encouragement can impact others. But as I've grown, I've just recognized that my, one of my main spiritual gifts is encouragement. And I, 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 th- I have seen God just continue to work that in me. And, but I would say the, the beginning point of that was when I was just a little girl, when I was nine years old. And I remember we were a family going to church. We were a good, you know, church going family, but to tell you, honestly, I didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with Christ. I just knew that he was a good guy and that, you know, we celebrated him on Christmas and Easter, but I, I didn't understand what he meant to us personally. And uh, I will never forget one day uh, we had visited a new church and a lady from the church came to our home and she explained the gospel message. She explained the fact that we are all sinners and I was a good little girl. But I knew I had sinned. I knew I did wrong. I just didn't know that God knew that and that anybody else knew that. And so it was kind of a relief to know that all have sinned. Oh, okay. I'm, I, I'm not alone in I'm this. And, um, right. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, and then, uh, but then also the fact that Jesus died, and this is why he came to this earth. And that very day when that lady from that church came over to our house, I got on my knees and I asked the Lord to be the Lord of my life. I placed my faith in him. And I'm going to tell you that was the big first breakthrough in my life is immediately. I know some people have a gradual change. I had an immediate change. And I know that seems strange as a nine-year-old girl, but I immediately hungered for the things of the Lord. And I started listening to Christian radio. I started reading, like I would order the Bible studies that I would hear from J. Vernon McGee and, you know, all these wow. different uh, powerhouses on the radio. Yeah. And I, um, I, I started just growing in his word. And as a result, I think of growing in his word and truly finding hope in the Lord, I believe that that just intersected to uh, that he began this positive work in me, that he gave me such joy and fulfillment and and um, hope. Uh, and it, the gift that he gave me of encouragement began to just kind of flourish. So I think all of that worked together, but it began really when I was just nine years old. So it's kind of an amazing journey. And we're not going to talk about how old I am now, but it, it's been a long time. You're only 19. Yeah. 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 You know, yes. I, I think what a gift to, to receive Christ at such an early age. And uh, did you always stay on track with with what? the Lord and what? What? No, I'm sorry. I just because I, it's so early. I know. I just want to back up for just a second. Oh, with this her. is good. He backs up a lot <laughs> because, with me. It's good. Because uh, <laughs> great. Well, because the very fact that you had what you recognize as a significant Conversion. change, like immediately says to everyone that something different occurred, something outside of our realm, something supernatural, right? Because if you had that experience and then had a hunger for the word and then started to grow in those areas, it it obviously became a supernatural experience. And I think there are a lot of folks who who long for that, Carol. I want that supernatural experience. I want the the gift of God inside of me. What 
what can you say to them who might be feeling like, I I just have not had that kind of an experience. Like I don't hunger for the word like like Carol's talking about. Just talk mm-hmm. to that person. You know, I I think it first it begins with placing our faith in Christ to to really truly say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I cannot do this Christian walk. I cannot get myself to heaven on my own. I am not enough, but you are. I trust, I place my faith in the fact that Jesus died on that cross for my sins and that he rose again, giving me that promise of eternal life. And so the, to me, that's the beginning point is placing our faith in Christ. And then asking him, Lord, give me that hunger for your word. Give me, uh, fill me with your spirit and help me to walk in your ways. I want more of you. And so just continuing to ask him to, um, to, to build that hunger and that joy in your life. I, I think that uh, that is a prayer that he will answer gladly. He won't hold back because he's a loving father and he wants to give us good gifts. And most most importantly, the gift of his spirit. Yes. And even having, uh, praying to have that faith like a child, that nine-year-old mm-hmm. child that you were, because as we get older, you know, it, it I, I think, um, that tends to be shoved aside that, that childlike faith. And so even to pray for that childlike faith to come in so mm-hmm. that you can receive in a new way and in a supernatural way. Mm-hmm. I think that's important too. So Carol, I, mm-hmm. I just, I just love what you're saying. Um, oh, do you want to jump no, in? Because I, I don't want you again. to back it no, up. No, no, I won't back it up. You go <laughs> go forward. Take us forward, Wendy. <laughs> so, okay. So you are the positive lady. You have um, been on, on track. I think that's where I was wanting to go. On track with the Lord since you were nine. Is that correct? Has there been any moments where there have been ups and downs in your faith or you've gotten off track or have you been really pretty steady with your walk? To tell you honestly, it might be a loaded question. <laughs> life, I... <laughs> I have been pretty steady. I have, so I didn't good. really go through a major rebellion stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that that's a uh, bad thing. I think that people grow deeper in their love and their walk with the Lord when they, you know, in going through times of crisis or times of rebellion. I will say that my life has not been uh, free of uh, discouragement and pain. I've had a lot of pain in my life, but I've also um, I just found comfort in the Lord at, during those times. But um, I, I would say that everybody at times, even John the Baptist, you know, everybody has a, a crisis of faith when they maybe go, am I really, is he really real? And, you know, I, I think that God is definitely bigger than those questions and we can go to him and ask and kind of like Job who um, really went through difficult pain and question, is God really there? What, you know, why was I born? Do I even need to live? And, and, and God met him where he was at. And, and so um, I want to say for anybody who's struggling, who maybe has been rebellious or, who has maybe questioned even their faith that that um, God is bigger than that, and He can draw you back to Himself. And uh, so I would just say, turn, look up, and and continue to look to Him and say, Father, help me. I'm struggling here. 
help me. Help me to grow deeper in my faith and my understanding of who you are. I'm telling you, there have been so many times when I have questioned different things and I've looked up to him and asked him, help me to understand. And he has met me where I'm at. And and there's so many stories I can tell you about that. Well, could we tap into one of those? And I don't know if you want to share about your mom. Um, it's it's one of those pain points, and yet um, mm-hmm. God sh- showed up in a beautiful way. And I don't know if that might be something you'd want to share with the audience, because um, there may be someone listening that's dealing with some emotions around around that. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Well, um, when I was 30 years old, and my I had two little girls, and my mother lived close by, and I, I, she was a godly woman, and uh, just a wonderful blessing in our lives. She'd just pop over at our house sometimes, and I remember one day she popped over and brought us, uh, brought me some uh, cookie sheets that uh, were guaranteed not to burn cookies, and I thought <laughs> I need those. <laughs> oh, why did she think I needed those? I got it was very obvious. I definitely needed those, and so um, I remember. I remember closing the door that day and going, what would I do without my mom? Mm-hmm. But three days later, uh, it was early in the morning. We're getting ready for, um, uh, I was going to teach a Bible study. I knew my mom was also going to be teaching a Bible study. And uh, I, we got a phone call. And the phone call said, your mom has been in an accident. She was out walking early in the morning and uh, there's been an accident. And I asked how bad it was. And they said, well, we don't know, but you just need to get the kids somewhere and you need to go. So my husband left first and I got the kids to a neighbor's house and I went to the scene of the accident. And when I arrived there, there were there was a policeman directing the traffic. And as he was directing traffic, he uh, I, I stopped. I said, where where do they take the, the woman that was hurt here? And he said, well, ma'am, they, they took her down to Baylor Hospital, which was down downtown Dallas. And I live way out uh, in North Dallas where uh, it was a long drive in rush hour traffic. And uh, I, I, I was just shocked. I said, why did they take her there? And he said, well, uh, ma'am, it, it, that's where the trauma unit is. And I, I was like, trauma unit? How bad could this be? I thought this was just a, a broken leg or something. An and yeah. yeah, exactly. I had no idea. And he said, no, ma'am, you need, you need to just get down there. And I began driving through traffic thinking, I don't even know how to get down there. And I didn't have a cell phone at the time. And so I just began praying, Lord, help me find my husband in this traffic. And which was a miracle prayer because it was rush hour traffic. And he had left quite a bit earlier than me. And but yet, sure enough, I'm looking through the traffic and I see my husband's car and I rush up and I, I rush through the traffic and I get to him. I honk. He pulls over. I pull over. I jumped in his car and we began just racing down to the hospital. Now, um, we first of all started praying and asking the Lord, please help the doctors, help mom to not feel scared and, and help the doctors to know what to do and help mom not to be have a debilitating uh, something you know, uh, injury and all these things. And after we finished praying, I looked in my husband's um, back seat there and there was a Bible. And so I, I pulled the Bible out and I thought, okay, I'm looking for verses of comfort. And so of course, where do you go for verses of comfort? You go to the Psalms. So here I am in the Psalms looking for verses of comfort. And I do not, to this day, I do not know how God did this 
just a miracle to me. But every verse I saw, every verse I saw talked about the glory of being in his presence. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. How wonderful it is. There's joy in your presence. Every verse, I kept looking and going, no, 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 not that verse, not that verse. I, I kept thinking, where are these verses of comfort? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something good. Tell me something about comfort and that healing and all that. Well, no, the Lord only allowed me to see verses about being in the presence of the Lord wow. to the point where I said out loud and Listen, I was only thinking that my mom had had a broken leg. So I said it out loud and I was almost afraid to say it. I said, Kurt, I think God is trying to tell me that mom has died. And he said, well, Carol, we need to be ready for that possibility. Mm. No, no. And I kept looking for verses, but he wouldn't, the Lord would not let me see any verses except verses about the joy of heaven. Wow. And when we walked in that hospital, I wish I could say the outcome was different, but when we walked in the hospital, there was a family friend standing there just shaking his head and saying, she didn't make it. Mm. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't know how I would have handled it if the Lord had not so lovingly and gently prepared me and how beautiful that he prepared me through his word. He gave me his word to show me and remind me now, certainly. And and here again, Wendy, you know, this is the point I, I grieved and cried. I, I cried, but I also had this hope that he had given me through his word that she was in his presence and what a glorious place that was, or that is. And so how wonderful I, I, God was so kind, even in my grief, to be able to comfort me through his word and give me that hope and strength. Mm. So that's that. You know, God was still answering the prayer of that little girl who said, I want to be hungry for your word. And he allowed that Mm. hunger to really take hold in your greatest point of need. And that's a tremendous encouragement, Carol. Uh, And I I think there are some folks who are listening and thinking – so I don't seem to get that same level of comfort when I hit a tough time. What do I do about that? Do, so if I go to the Bible and I just start paging through it, will it, will it, will it be there? Do you know where I'm going with this? I mean, some yeah. people want what you experience, but they're not quite sure if it's actually going to be real or how I go about doing that. Yes. And, and you, you know, everybody's experience is different and everybody, the way God comforts us is unique. I don't yes. think that uh, one person is comforted one way and one another. So, uh, or I mean, I do believe that. I believe that he looks at each of our unique situations and says, I'm going to comfort you in the way you need comfort because he knows us. He knows us inside and out. And it's so beautiful to think about that. So all I can say is, Go to him, look up to him and say, Father, I'm hurting. Comfort me in this moment. And then just allow him to comfort you. Watch and see. Um, Sometimes it might be a neighbor knocking at the door uh, and saying, here, here's a a blanket. I thought the Lord told me you needed this. Or, you know, it could be somebody just calling. Um, I remember one time I was in the middle of writing a book and I was writing about prayer. And I, I remember thinking, I need somebody to pray for me. Oh, Lord, please let somebody pray for me right now. And let me just tell you what happened. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting at my computer writing. I pray that prayer. I looked down at my phone and somebody was calling me. I didn't recognize the number, but I thought, well, I think I better answer this. 
And it was a long lost friend, somebody I haven't talked to in years. She's written multiple books on prayer. Oh, wow. And she said, Carol, God just urged me to call you. Now, n- n- remember, granted, I have not talked to this lady in s- many, many years. She was not in my, <laughs> she, her name was not in my phone. <laughs> That's, I didn't recognize her number. And yet she called me out of the blue and said, God told me to pray for you. And I was just calling to ask how you need prayer. Wow. Now that's comfort at that moment. That is the power of prayer. It is. It is. Pushes those prayers out to the person that has that open heart and willing to do his work in that time. Yes. So don't dismiss the power. So all I can say is, isn't that amazing? I just, all I can say is, Call pray. out to him <laughs> pray. and pray, pray and say, Father, give me comfort. I need it now. Hmm. And just watch and see how he wants to meet you where you're at. Well, Carol, you have such an inspiring childlike faith. You really do. And it's, it's encouraging to those of us who, who maybe uh, don't have that same level of just simple childlikeness. But just in hearing you talk about your relationship with the Lord, it's very obvious that you really see God as a very loving, compassionate father mm-hmm. who is there and ready to respond to your need. And, and I think every one of us have got to expectant. get to that place should be expecting that exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah, so good. And I also think about how even the disciples were like, Lord, help our unbelief, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yes. know? So um, I think we all have a little bit of that. And then we were right there with with Jesus, and they're like, help us with our unbelief. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I love that God has also gifted you um, as a teacher. You are an educator, um, and you're, you're incredibly gifted in that area. And he knew that he could trust you with his word, Mm-hmm. Um, not just in the in the field of education for students, and I think you used to teach math and mm-hmm. uh, other subjects as well, right? Did you? Was, what grades did you teach? I, I taught sixth grade math and science. Oh, and, awesome. <laughs> and so I wanted no. to. I mean, most people would run from that, huh. but um, I was a camp counselor uh, when I was in college, and I was a camp counselor to junior high kids, and I love that age, and I knew God was calling me to that age, mm. and so I started off actually as a seventh grade math teacher. Then I moved into sixth grade math and science, and I love them both. I God taught me so much through math and science and and so much about him even but I love ministering to kids because they're really at that um era age of change where they are kind of choosing their direction that they're going to go in and mm-hmm. and so um boy if I can impact them in some way that was what, what, what happened that you stepped away then from uh, sort of that that role in your life as being an educator I mean, you're still an books. educator, but to I writing mean, books. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting. I, <laughs> I, um, well, so I stopped for a while um, to have my kids, and um, so I had By the my. Way, two- I have to interject this because. Um, their names are Grace and Joy. And so, yes. I mean, those are perfect names for the positive lady to name her <laughs> children, Grace <Okay>. and Joy. <laughs> and they really do reflect their names too. Oh, grace so is filled with grace towards others and loves God's grace, but Joy is just so joyful. So it's really fun how they fulfill their names. They live up to their names. So expectant so, uh, mothers, listen carefully, name yeah. your kid where you want them to be in life or what go. you want them to reflect, right? 
Yes, yes. <laughs> Think it through carefully. Yes. So um, anyway, what I, after I stopped teaching school, I started using my creative teacher talents or teacher ideas in my kids. I know this is going to sound crazy, but in my kids' birthday parties. So I started doing just kind of some fun, unique, weird birthday parties that uh, every time people would come to these parties, they would say, you should write a book. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I am a math teacher. I don't write books. But I had so many people tell me that, that one day I happened to see a, a flyer for a Christian writers conference. And I felt compelled. This was God's push. I felt compelled to go to this conference. I went to the conference, learned how to propose a book to a publisher, came back and Honestly, I had no time to myself at all. Hardly. I had a, like a two and three year old at the time, but for some reason, this, um, this book idea just pushed out of me. I, I just had to write it. And so, um, late at night, I remember after putting the kids to bed, I'd put, I'd put together this proposal and sure enough, it was called parties with a purpose. And oh, each party it. had, uh, just a fun theme, but there was always a biblical value that was taught in the theme. Cause I noticed that there were a lot of party books at the time, and this was before the internet. So people didn't, couldn't go to Pinterest and, and figure out a good party idea. So, um, they, they, uh, relied on books. It's such a novel thing. Right. Right. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. so I, um, yeah, uh, so I, um, so really uh, I noticed that there were no Christian party books. Nobody had kind of come up with that idea. So, um, so anyway, there was a niche in the market for that. And by God's grace, a publisher took that first book parties with a purpose. And, uh, so uh, at first I began speaking all over the place to mom's groups on how to do creative children's parties. But then I started noticing that the moms wanted more than that when, it, and I noticed that moms were kind of even, sort of down on themselves sometimes. And I thought, what can I do to lift up these moms? And I thought, what's unique about me? And I realized, you know, my dad was always so positive. I wonder if the power of a positive mom uh, would work. And so I began speaking on that topic. It was very well received. So then I, I proposed it to publishers, got rejected a bunch of times, but then a publisher took it and really got the book out there and it became a bestseller in the industry. And so then all of a sudden, all these other books, they were asking me to do all these other positive books. So mm. I went from party lady to positive lady. That's awesome. And too bad Shark Tank wasn't around with the party idea because oh, yeah. you could have taken those parties. Oh, monetize that one. That's right. No, oh, I, yeah. I love that um, how God works. And mm -hmm. and really, honestly, you were obedient to the call. Mm. And I think that's another thing. I think uh, God drops um, a lot of things in our spirit. And we're like, hmm, is that from God or is that just from my head? Am I thinking that? So, but you were being obedient. You knew it was his voice speaking to, mm -hmm. for, to go to that writer's conference and to, mm -hmm. to do the next step. And I think that that's just such a good word to do the next step. And you've mm -hmm. been very um, influential in my life in that very thing as well. Um, we went to India together on a missions mm -hmm. trip and we've talked about books and different things along the way. But one of the things that I wanted to tap into, because I believe we talked about this on the bus in India, uh, and it's what you're doing right now. And it, it's a beautiful thing, but you actually have um, an outreach that you started and it's called Engage Positive Parenting Initiative. 
Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, talk about <laughs> another breakthrough moment. Right. Um, it, th this was a breakthrough for me um, personally, is when I was writing a book called, get ready for this, Positive Life Principles for Women. No. <laughs> I know it. I know. It so. No, that you made strange. it so easy for your publisher, right? He I know. He'd always keep the word positive in there. Exactly. That's Throw cool. the word positive uh -huh. and you got it. So anyway, this particular book, um, I, it looks at eight different women in the Bible, and one of them was Ruth. While I was writing about Ruth, and I thought it would be an easy chapter to write, but lo and behold, I started discovering something new because God's word always teaches us something new. It's a treasure chest. And every time we read it, there's something new and vibrant he wants to teach us. So here I, I was reading her and I, reading about her and I think thought Ruth really chose the uncomfortable she chose to step out of her comfort zone. And I thought, oh, this is great. I can tell the readers, step out of your comfort zone. Where are you stepping out of your comfort zone? And I knew that God was tapping on my shoulder. Okay, so Carol, where are you stepping out of your comfort zone? Mm. And I began asking the Lord, oh, Lord, I don't know. I thought I kind of was writing and speaking <laughs> as a kind of out of my comfort zone. But uh, but no, no, no. He wanted to take me further and deeper. And so um, I began praying. And I knew my heart was for children, but I didn't know what to do. And one night on the news, I saw a study and the study said it was on poverty. And it said poverty is perpetuated through poor parenting. Mm -hmm. Poverty is perpetuated through poor parenting. Well, I started realizing, you know, I've written all these books on parenting. Why am I not doing something? So I began interviewing some people I knew who had grown up in poverty, and I asked them, what would it look like for me to um, uh, go into impoverished communities and teach parenting classes? And they said, well, Carol, and, and it's interesting how all the same, all the people I interviewed said about the same thing. They said, don't go in acting like you know it all, because you do not know what their lives are like. You need to go in listening. Asking questions, developing a conversation. And then they said, don't uh, keep it simple. Their lives are filled with stress, toxic stress. They don't need a heavy curriculum. And then they said, don't tell them what to do. They have too many people telling them what to do. Instead, engage them in figuring out what they can do. Allow them to participate in the solutions. Draw them out mm. in participation. Beautiful. Yeah. Love them. Yes. And so that's what, that. so by God's grace, I developed this uh, curriculum. It, it was him just leading me in this, in this measure that um, it's every, every lesson starts off with three questions. Then it goes to just one paragraph of parenting responsibility. And then it opens up to how can I equip my kids? How can I encourage them? How can I be a good example to them? Mm. So that's the bottom line. It just kind of evolved into what we now know is Engage Positive Parenting Initiative. And now we train volunteers uh, uh, to do this work. It's not just me teaching a class, although it started off with me doing that. And, and I loved it. And I continue to teach a class, but uh, now we have many volunteers. In fact, even my daughter, Joy, is teaching a class. Wow, wonderful. <laughs> I love that, So where, where would somebody go to grab hold of that curriculum? 
Um, go to engageparenting.com, engageparenting.com, and uh, look at all the information about it. And mm-hmm. you uh, can just uh, reach out to us there, and uh, we'd be glad to share the curriculum. So uh, awesome. it's you exciting. Know, Carol, it seems to me like some of these breakthroughs that occurred in your life, and, and we could go on and on because I think you've got a lot of stories <laughs> to tell, but it seems like God sort of snuck up on you each time, planted something, you started to water it. And then before you knew it, God was starting to lead you pretty directly and you were responding to that. And I think that's a really important lesson for all of us to learn. If there's a little nudge inside, a little a little inkling of something I think I want to do, but yeah, I just don't know if I have what it takes to get it done, what would you suggest to that person? You know, it's interesting because, yes, I do believe he has uh, surprised me in many ways, surprised me from math teacher to writer and then from writer to directing a whole you know, outreach. And uh, none of this I was what I planned. And in fact, actually, once I started Engage, I realized, oh, this was what I was put on this earth to do. And so it was. it's interesting. But how did that happen? I believe for me personally, on my knees, and I mean literally Mm. spending time on my knees, asking God, Lord, how do I do this? I... I don't know where to go with this. I don't know what you want me to do. I feel I sense that you're calling me to do something, but I don't even know what it is. And you know, often when I'm on my knees praying, I'll even have a pad of blank pad of paper there with me so that as I'm listening, praying isn't all about just, okay, God, I want this, this, and this, you know. Yes, Santa God, yes. Praying is really spending time praising him and and going to his throne of grace and thanking him and confessing even and then just listening and praying and, and bringing requests before him, but asking for his leading and guiding. You know, throughout scripture, he tells us that he will lead us and guide us. Well, in fact, one of my most, uh, my go-to scriptures is even just Psalm 23, where it talks about that the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And then it goes on to talk about how he guides me. He leads me into green pastures and uh, he renews my strength. He's the one who takes me where I'm supposed to go, but I need to follow the shepherd. And that comes... And I, I don't think that getting on your knees is some magic formula. I'm not saying that it can happen just, you know, I, I remember really a lot of the ideas for Engage. Here I had been faithfully praying, faithfully praying, but it didn't all come at once. I remember really sitting on an airplane on my way to go visit my daughter in New York and all of a sudden, just my mind was flooded with ideas on how, what, how, how to carry out, engage. And so God, God just, um, ta- takes us wherever we're at on a plane, you know, and he, I get lots yeah. of ideas in the shower. Yeah. And I think that's yes. so beautiful, Carol. And, you know, our, our time together here is almost up, but I, before, as we wrap up, I just kind of wanted to hear from you. What's, what's the best piece of advice that anyone has ever given you that you've applied to your life that has made a big difference? Hmm. I would say daily gratitude, being thankful every day. I think that that is what changes my perspective. And so literally 
every day. I start off the day writing at least five things in a, a journal. Now, I've oddly, as a writer, I've never been a journaler, uh-huh. but I do sit and write down five, at least five things every day. It's always way more than five because I begin looking at the last 24 hours and thinking about and looking at the blessings and thinking about how did God work? Oh my word, look what he did. Oh yes. And there was this and oh, thank you Lord for this. And oh, and and so before you know it, I'm just filled with joy in realizing all that God has done. That's beautiful. And that's so practical. Anyone can do that. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. just make it a daily habit. I just absolutely love that. I've got to ask Mm -hmm. you one last question here, and that is because certainly you do not have the perfect life where (laughs) everything goes completely perfectly well all the time, right? Positive, positive. You'd think the positive lady, you know, would deserve that. But the reality is we live in a fallen world and that's got lots of problems. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious, what are the things that challenge you the most that really kind of push you to the edge where you've got to sort of back up and take another run at it to remain positive? What are, are there any examples of the kinds of things that creep up once in a while that push you to the edge of really having to be positive? Yes. So being, being, <laughs> okay, I'll keep it short. Okay. Be, being positive also means that you say yes to a lot of things. So, um, you know, you kind of sometimes think you can do more than you can, you know? And so, um, I, I, I would say that one of my big struggles in life is that, um, I think I can do more than I can. And I, I get overly busy and I get overwhelmed and I don't, instead of stopping and, uh, taking, uh, assessment of what I can do and what I can't do or stopping and asking the Lord, should I do this? Should I not? I just kind of, you know, run in and do, you know, a lot. And so, um, I find myself in this pendulum swing a lot of times of doing a little bit too much and then having to regroup and, and wipe some things off my plate. And so, um, I, it's interesting. I would say that that's my constant struggle. Mm-hmm. that continues to make me realize I need to surrender to the Lord mm-hmm. instead of trying to do things on my own or uh, say yes to everything that I need to listen to him and say, Lord, is this what you've planned for me to do? What, what would you have me to do? And, and continue to go to him for direction and, uh, and guidance. And um, so that daily struggle from the positive lady, um, it draws me deeper to him, draws me in a deeper relationship with him. And I think that that's what happens with all of our struggles is that if we will allow them, they can draw us into a deeper dependence on our father and recognize that we need him every day. The danger is if we don't have struggles and we think we've got it all together and that we can do it ourselves, then why do we need the Lord? So yeah, I, I think that's good. Very good. Thank so good. You. And on that note, Carol, she's, we she's know you have that, another meeting right but, after oh, yes, this. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, we've got to let you go. Because <laughs> you said yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So we love you. We appreciate you. We do. Thank you for yeah. being such a positive influence in this world mm. with the gifts and talents that God has given you. Yeah. Thank you for being a dear friend and, and just joy in my life and in our lives. So. <laughs> Bless you. All right. <laughs> Have a great you. day. Thank Thanks for coming. Okay. On. All right. Thank Thanks you for having me. Blessings. Blessings. Bye bye. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So you know, I 
really, really am inspired by her. Uh-huh. Because um, Me too, she has this, I love the simplicity of her faith and the relationship that she has with the Lord where she just expects he's going to be a loving father to help her out. Right, That's right. tough for some of us. Macho old, dudes. Yeah, I mean, stubborn old Germans is kind of like going to get everything done ourselves. But that, that is uh, it's just a sort of a living model of how you can be positive, how you can have hope, if you'll just have simple faith and really truly believe that God loves you right. and he's for you. It's really just simple faith. Yeah, I said that. I know, yeah, but I'm okay. going back to that. I'm wrapping it up with simple <laughs> faith because we do. We try to make everything so oh, complex. And, hello, complicated I mean, Even when faith, we were yeah. in our prayer chair this morning. What happened? Well, and I don't, I don't want to go into all the details, okay, but I was, good. I was, we were reading God's oh, word, yes, and I pulled something yes. out, extracted it, and was trying to complicate. And you're like, yeah. "What are you talking about?" No, well, I, I just, didn't say it quite I mean, like no, that. No, but I knew he was but... thinking that. But I just, I was complicating <laughs> yeah. just uh, a certain verse. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, yeah, we just need to mm-hmm. simplify things, we, and, and we can remain positive if we'll stay in that place of believing God loves us mm-hmm. and He's for us and He'll lead us and He'll work things out. And every day we've got that opportunity throughout the day. So that's right. And having a, a heart of gratitude. So, yeah. oh, yeah. That All was right. Good. Thank All you, right. friends, for joining us. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Your Biggest Breakthrough. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, we love spending time with you right here on Your Biggest Breakthrough podcast. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. But until then, just head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment and we would love to dialogue with you there. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. 